the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, we return to the purveyors of real estate knowledge, your real estate chalk talk. Welcome back to the program. This is your real estate chalk talk with the Hitner Group. H-I-T-T-N-E-R Group, all one word, HitnerGroup.com, 612-627-8000, Go to that website. Hey, it's one of the oldest real estate websites in the world. HittnerGroup.com, been on the up and running when it was just an electronic billboard way back in the day. Okay, one of my favorite topics coming up. we got Michelle Kniece on the program, attorney at law, family law in Minnesota and Wisconsin. You know what I was excited to see? Prior to your getting into family law, you were a business litigator. I was, yes. So... Explain what that is for people who are listening. Just what what does a business litigator do? Well, at least what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I helped with all sorts of different business disputes. I did some broker dealer securities um, stuff. I did some. I helped out with some employment defense um, cases. Um, I actually even did some work in some in the dentistry in his industry. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was just kind of a smattering. Is that how you got those nice teeth? <laughs> I had an orthodontist like that was not an kind. orthodontist. Pain yeah. and kind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I mean, I just I did a smattering of of different kinds of litigation, all just sort of in the business realm. I'm small, closely held corporations. You know, I must call it the business divorce, where you know you have people that are getting into arguments, and we have to figure out how they're going to split the business or somehow restructure to make it work um so that brings us to my favorite one of my favorite topics and that is divorce mm-hmm. because uh i read somewhere that there's going to be 30 million weddings this mm-hmm. year and 60 million divorces ha- well <laughs> half it's yeah. it, it's it's half so it's 15 million divorces 30 million weddings and 15 million divorces mm-hmm. so both of those are key things for real estate you know i mean people mm-hmm. get great married. news yeah the, yeah the good news is <laughs> that gives us forty five thousand or 45 million opportunities there mm-hmm. yeah. um but but the uh the business side of that because your background in business yeah and i love small business i mean i just i grew up in small business you know we had keith and i had a small business our real estate practices like a small business mm-hmm. and uh and when you're when you're involved in that small business in your family and you get a divorce, it's a little different than if you're talking to a W two employee mm-hmm. that works for Honeywell. Oh, absolutely. You know, so how does that? How do you unwind the business side of thing? We a friend of ours who had a business and got divorced recently. Yeah. He's bitter man yeah. about that oh, whole, whole thing. <laughs> I'm bitter is even a, you know mild. Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. being kind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so explain that, how the, how that gets involved and, and yeah. what kinds of dynamics are in that. Well, I, I think it depends on the case, right? I mean, I, I went through that. Mm. Um, mine was fairly simple. But, um, 
you know, if if one spouse is just the sole proprietor, you know, that can be quite easy. Mm-hmm. It gets difficult when the spouses are working together yeah. in the mm-hmm. business and that's one person's livelihood, but they're a non-owner. And then they have to either, we have to figure mm-hmm. out how they're going to continue to work together or figure out how that exit's going to happen. Another challenge, I think, comes with the payout. So if we have evaluation of a certain amount, it doesn't always mean that we can liquidate yeah. that amount of money and right, pay it right. to the spouse. Come up with that money. So then you're negotiating maybe some sort of payment over time. In other ways, we just sort of use an income approach and then we're kind of restructuring it so it's coming out as paying out as income in it'd a support be, level. It'd be better to have that come out as income because at least you can write it off as wages versus not being able to write right. it off. Depends whose side you're on. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'm on my side. Explain, and it would be better to explain that. that in which side is it better? Well, it, it depends on the case, I think, because like de- depending who I represent and whether somebody would be, let's say, a spousal maintenance candidate, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we'll decide: is this are we going to want this to be property, or do you want it to be income? And it, it's really case specific. Mm. But I think through, okay, like what are you know what's the the implications if we call it spousal long term, what's the implications if we call it property and a property payout long term? Just depends on the case. What about so, and that that's exactly our friend situation. Uh-huh. Husband, wife inside the business, both working there, one has to exit the business, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So yeah. Oh yeah. That's a challenge. I mean it really that comes was... into how the business is formed to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um whether they're in the business or not in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you're also a uh 114 qualified mediator. Correct. Okay. So 114. What does that mean? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. Rule, 114. rule 114. What does that mean? So it's a Minnesota rule of general practice, and it's basically, um, it it brings in all of the, what we call ADR providers, alternative dispute resolution. Mediators are one of them. Um, it basically provides us some rules that we have to live by, um, gives us some protections um, legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of keeps the quality up. Um, we have to do training, uh, not annually. I think you report every three years, but uh, just kind of it, it, it sets a standard. Do you have to be an attorney to be a mediator? No. Is it more okay. difficult to be an attorney to, to, to be a mediator? That, I mean, is there a conflict there? Because you're normally representing someone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, all of a sudden, you put yourself in a position where you're actually not. Yeah. That's, so, that's well, you can't you can't mediate for somebody that you're representing, correct? Correct. Like it has to be a completely separate scenario. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it depends on the person. Um, some attorneys, I would think, maybe would really struggle with that mm-hmm. um, and putting that hat on. I personally don't because when even when I'm representing somebody, I'm taking a problem solving approach. I'm mm-hmm. very practical. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't like to just think about you know this is the next step in the process as if the process matters more than the case and the person. Mm -hmm. So I'm already thinking about practically speaking, how would we walk out these scenarios that we're talking about? And that's not a far leap from being a mediator. It's just a little bit of a shift in terms of what, what I'm representing. Right. And when I'm, when I'm the neutral, I represent nobody. I just facilitate. Mm -hmm. When you were talking to people and you took a big breath there. Well, I was going to ask a question, but I never, you know, all right. Well, go ahead and ask your question. Please, Kelvin. Thank you. So, Kelvin Kamek, ladies and gentlemen, asking a question first time in three weeks. No, I try. You can't. <coughs> can you get a word in edgewise here? I am, typically? No, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, go ahead. Just go ahead go and ahead. check your email. I go will. Ahead. Um, 
on the mediation side, do you feel like you solve anything in mediation or is it, I know it's a necessary step in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but is it just kicking the can and then like the reality is no one agrees on anything anyway mm-hmm. and then eventually we just walk through that Spend process. a bunch of money sure, and, yeah. then agree, and then finally end up where the mediator puts you in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think depends on the quality of the mediation too. If everybody's walking in sort of half prepared because the mediation was sort of the stake in the ground to, to mm-hmm. you know, set the timeline. If we're all looking at this for the first time at mediation, it's probably not going to be, it might, it might be productive, but maybe not very quality. Um, I think if everybody's kind of done their homework on the front end and we've tried to negotiate amongst ourselves first mm-hmm. and there are actual points of disagreement, mediation can be a, like a really good way um, to go there. So, you know, I just think it depends on, on sort of how you on approach it. showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Are you finding that people are doing mediations in person? They're doing it on Zoom because they don't want to be in the same room as the other person? <laughs> What's going on there? Well, it's funny. I think most people are doing Zoom. Me personally, I like in person. It's just it's just me. Um, But what's funny is with the Zoom, I've noticed it's almost more awkward because Mm -hmm. everybody's staring at each other's face. Right, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you notice like, more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, get, you get all the nonverbals. Yeah. Uh, and you're looking at this stuff behind them, like, where are they living? You know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is very different. And yeah. I, it is a little stranger than, mm-hmm. than being in person. Yeah. So. I am kind of a process guy. So when you, when you look at the process of the, of the divorce itself, do you think it's better to have the mediation on the front end or on the back end? Is it is it something you do because the state mandates it, or should it be something that you let's start here, and then if this doesn't work out, let's start in earnest. And then how do you counsel people to understand that you know this could be a real resolution here without spending a bunch of money? Yeah, well, and 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 I think as far as the state goes, they require it before you go to court. Right. Okay. So if you don't need to go to court, you don't have to mediate okay. in order to get divorced. Did not know that. Yeah. But but before you go to a judge and say, hey, I want a trial date, mm-hmm. they'll say, have you mediated? Mm-hmm. And if not, you have to mediate. Um, so, you know, I think when I talk to people about mediation, you know, I just say, look, we've been um, we've been talking for a while. Um, a lot of times the parties have been talking amongst themselves first. Mm-hmm. The parties meeting the people getting divorced or the people getting divorced plus their attorneys? The people getting divorced. Okay. So, and, and I think to your question of timing, it's, again, it depends on who's coming in the door. The people who have tried to do it themselves first and they've already exchanged information, they already, you know, have kind of talked through what they want this to look like and then they hire attorneys, they're the ones that are probably set up to mediate early on because they're kind of they already have expectations mm-hmm. set they're already there yeah. if other people are coming in early and they're saying look i have no idea they just told me they want a divorce here's my bank statement mm-hmm. you know i think it's personally i think it's better that we wait a little bit and go through and kind of analyze everything and kind of see what's what it looks like we're going to continue to analyze with michelle canise from Lee kramer when we return this is real estate chalk talk Log on to our website, hittnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R group.com, or give us a call at 612-627-8000. That number again is 612-627-8000, and we'll be right back.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.